This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD, our compass in Fairfield, Connecticut. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call, 800-339-9252, or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, click on the radio part of the page and scroll on down. You can find some past shows. You could subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or to set up a face-to-face meeting. Now, during today's episode, we're going to talk about something that's likely important to millions of Americans and for many different reasons, and that's achieving your financial goals in 2020. Now, maybe your goals are to finally make 2020 the year you retire or pay off your house or invest more in the market. Whatever your financial goals are for this year and this decade, implementing the right strategies can help you reach them. But before we start peeling back this financial onion, and I'm not saying onion because I expect you to cry about this stuff. I'm already tearing up. <laughs> Let me introduce my outstanding co-host. You just heard his voice, Tony Shore. Tony, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm outstanding. All right. Outstanding in the rain. Um, <laughs> looking in on the beautiful thing you call a show. I love it. Uh, you've mentioned onions. Uh, I like how you worked in. You said financial goals for 2020 and the new year, and then you quickly added, oh, and the decade. Yeah. Lest you think we're short-sighted, right? Right. (laughs) So keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah, exactly. But seriously, goals are good to have. We're going to dive into that here in a bit, but thanks for having me on the show. I'm doing great. It's good to see you again, Matt. And it's always fun hanging out with you. And once in a while, I learn something as well, despite (laughs) myself. Uh, So uh, how have you been though? I mean, what's going on over there? Are you meeting with a lot of clients this time of year or uh, talking to a lot of new prospects, people who have heard the show or visited your site or went to seminars? I know you're a busy guy. Yeah, we uh, this time of year, because of the nature of how we do our business, we take care of uh, a lot of our, most of all of our clients' tax needs as well. So yeah. this is one of our busiest times of year, always is. Um, and so, yes, Gretchen, my sister, who's an EA, takes care of the bulk of the tax work. And so this time of year, I am almost exclusively meeting with clients. So it's busy for both of us, but it's, again, you know, I'd rather be busy than not. So, uh, yeah, it's a good time. You know, it's not that we can't meet new clients this year. This is this not the time of year that we generally focus on it. But nonetheless, there's still been some new clients coming through the door, which we're always appreciative of. Well, and that is good. And I know you love meeting with new people and that's why you do the show each week. And I'm hoping uh, if somebody's listening to the show, the podcast, uh, that they'll give you a call and set up that complimentary consultation. Or if they just have a question, call up and ask. Uh, You're happy to talk to them and you've helped so many people over the years. It's kind of a been there, done that. I mean, you you literally uh, retire every day. You create retirement plans every day. So you know what's going on. And you work with people's finances. And I know you guys do uh, taxes as well there at your firm. So uh, speaking of tax season, my wife and I 
Matt, I have to say, are usually really on top of it. But my mom is is a CPN. We've talked about this before, and she does small business, used to do small business taxes and books, bookkeeping for small businesses in a small town in, in Minnesota. And she always did our taxes every year. She always did mine uh, since I started my first job till now uh, being married. She did our taxes last year. But uh, because of her Parkinson's uh, and and how that's affecting her, she can no longer do our taxes. So this year we're not as organized. Is it too soon to ask you to file an extension? No, absolutely not. <laughs> can we? Is it too soon in the tax season? It's pretty bad. We're in bad shape. We already have to think about. We should probably file an extension, and we're months away, right? <laughs> you are months away, and it's probably not as bad as you think. Uh, but gu- guess what? It's fine to file an extension. It's oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've never, we've never had to do that though. Uh, okay. There's invariably, there's someone every year that we need to do it for, whether, you know, it's just circumstances change oh, for sure. everybody every year. And sometimes things just get too hectic for folks. And, and, you know, really, if you've done proper planning and everything else, I don't think an extension's at all a dangerous thing for most people. Uh, you probably already know relatively where you're going to be. Uh, if it's, it might be a lot tougher for those people who are waiting for a big check back from the government, Yeah, which in my opinion has always been bad financial form because you just gave somebody an interest-free loan all year. They don't, they're not likely to give you an interest-free loan, are they? No, if you don't pay it on time, they're going to want their piece. So I don't recommend whenever I recommend whenever possible, not getting that big check back. But, and if you do having a better plan for it than a new TV. Right. And, and it all ties into setting goals. And we're talking, this is the time of year a lot of people are setting goals or thinking about their finances uh, for this year and beyond. So today I know uh, I'm eager to learn some advice and tips on what we can do to achieve or potentially achieve some financial goals in 2020 and beyond. Uh, How do we get started? What do you want to start with? Well, I recently read a pretty outstanding article. It's called Three Ways to Make Your Money Work for You that was published by TheBalance.com in November last year. Now, I like the article because it highlights the power and importance of focusing on three basic elements, budgeting, getting out of debt, and saving and investing your money. After all, sometimes sticking to the basics is the best thing you can do. Now, the first component, setting up a budget, it's a great first step literally for anyone. Within your budget, it's important to put your money into categories, you know, bills, savings, food, non-essential spending, entertainment, hobbies, etc. For many people, really seeing where their money's flowing puts things into crystal clear terms. Uh, if, you, if you set up a budget, especially a monthly budget this way, it will make it much easier to set up a big picture, long-term budget that addresses where you want your life. And very importantly, connect to this, your money to be in the coming years. Like so many of our best intentions, budgeting success comes down to discipline. You have to do it each and every month. When your circumstances dictate changes to your budget, you have to make adjustments really in such a way as to not put your future goals at risk. In the end, the right budget will help you ensure that you're not spending more than you're making each month. And that's what budgeting is really all about. Now, a little tip there, just put it on the calendar, put a reminder on your phone, carve out it. The first go is going to take a little bit from there on up. It's just adjusting numbers month to month. You're going to have most of those categories put together. 
It gets easier to do every month. The results become, I, I've seen it in practice over the years. They're outstanding. They really help you keep on it and make it one of your goals to budget this year. And if you're making goals, remember, write them down and read them every day. Well, that's good advice. And I think sticking to the basics, even when they seem very simple at first, uh, is a smart way to attack the problem of reaching your financial goals uh, in 2020. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Budgeting is one of those things that everyone should handle in a tangible way, whether it's with a pencil and a legal pad, on the computer, on one of the thousands of apps that are out there. It's one thing to do a budget in your head or to check your bank balance online once or twice a week. But when you crunch your numbers in a way that really allows you and see the results, see them with your own eyes right there in front of you. Well, for some people, the results are a little stunning. When you're sitting at your kitchen table and you're doing your budget, you might just find yourself saying, we spent how much eating out last month? Or are all of these streaming services costing as much as we paid for cable? That didn't make as much sense to do this right now, right? So giving yourself a little budgeting homework, really a great way to figure out what you need to do to get where you want to go. Yeah. And the idea of crafting a budget with your own two hands so that you're left with something real that you can refer to as needed, it just makes so much sense. And uh, now earlier you mentioned getting out of debt as another way to help us reach our financial goals. Talk about that one a little bit. All right. So I, if I said getting out of debt, I'm sorry, I want to say dealing with debt because so, uh, I, we'll get to that later, but let's just call it dealing with debt. This is where you'll want to add up the amount you're paying each month towards things like your car, student loans, the dreaded credit card bill. You know, af after you've added everything up, the question then becomes, what if all that money you're paying on your debt could instead be earmarked for your retirement? Wow. Well, fair enough. But for many Americans, I think debt is a part of life. And a lot of people, most of us have to take out loans at some point, either to go to college, buy a car. And credit cards are sometimes the only thing we have to get access to something we absolutely need. So how do you reconcile that with the fact that a lot of people have a lot of debt? Okay, so the article from thebalance.com points out this. Your debt limits your opportunities. That's a great way to put it. Think of debt as a governor on your financial engine. If you take off that governor, the engine just works better. Now, I understand that plenty of people out there have too much debt to pay off at one time. In that case, you know, one potential solution, focus on some of your smaller debt first. If you can get those debts paid off, you'll be left with extra money that you can then dedicate to your more significant debts. You know, what if you could pay off an extra three or $400 a month on your credit cards or student loans? The positive ramifications of that are pretty obvious. So that's a good way to think about it. I mean, if you have a lot of debt, break that debt apart a bit so you can identify parts of it that you can tackle right away. And that's another one of those simple but very, very important financial steps, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, I think you know, you're know you really right there. Debt is one of those things that can seem overwhelming when you look at it in totality. Uh, I think it's important to note here that nobody should feel guilty about having debt. They certainly shouldn't think uh, uh, that carrying debt makes them a financial failure. List some debt's good to have, and we'll talk about that again in a second. But ultimately, the notion that debt is just a fact of life for millions of Americans is true. But attacking your smaller debt in the form of paying off your car a little quicker, paying off that smallest credit card, it really will provide you with more flexibility to go after your bigger debt. And once you remove smaller debt, begin to see what that extra money does to your bigger debt. 
you might just start feeling more optimistic about your financial future. So let's take a minute, though, Matt, to let our listeners know how to get a hold of you, because I know you're offering them a complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation. Yeah, sure. It's easy. Call us 800-339-9252 or grab that smartphone or your computer and look us up on the web, compass-ltd.com. All right. That sounds great. Now, uh, we've been talking about... Uh, how to achieve those financial goals in 2020 and beyond. And uh, you mentioned budgeting as one way and working to eliminate debt. That's big. And those are two very obvious things, but so critical to put us all in a better position to meet our financial goals. Um, And I'm eager to hear more. You had mentioned a third piece of advice from that balance.com article, the balance.com save and invest your money. And I think that has, maybe it's a little more complex than budgeting and paying off debt. Yeah, I think you're right. But if we stick to the basics again, I think we can gain a thorough understanding of how saving and investing can help you reach your financial goals. And this is the part where I'll actually get to that last piece that I want to talk about with debt too. But after you've set and stuck to your budget and you've paid down as much of your debt as you can, or that makes financial sense, you'll find yourself in a most enviable position, and that's of earning more than you spend on a monthly basis. Now, once you reach this point, the first thing you should do is save the equivalent of six months salary in the case of an emergency. Now you can do it then, or you can even do that in the beginning because heck, you can be doing all this work. And if you get set back by an emergency, that work may be for nothing. So, uh, I, I, I can never, I can never stress enough the importance of that emergency fund. Uh, it is an incredibly, incredibly integral piece of any financial plan. And if you don't have enough money saved, when something unexpected pops up, you might find yourself repeating the cycle of living outside of a budget while your debt piles up. So again, that some quite often, if you can, that's the best first step to take while you're getting that budgeting done. But a little bit of just-in-case money has never been a bad idea. So once you do that, the next thing, save and invest. Now, putting together a good amount of savings is obviously the first priority, but the fact is the best way to really build wealth is by investing. And when it comes to investing as wisely as possible, I strongly urge listeners to work with a financial services professional who they're comfortable with. They can help you diversify your portfolio so you can avoid the trap of having too many of your assets invested too heavily in one particular type of stock or business. Because remember, if you have enough of anything to make a killing in it, you have enough of anything to get killed by it. And just as importantly, what? I like that one. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I got a couple in my pocket that work pretty well. Sure. But, you know, just as importantly, you might build your way to a point where you need your investments to provide you with income. Now, this is that last part where I was talking about maybe a little bit of debt isn't a bad thing. Think about this. If you pay down all your debt before you start investing, what you know, you want to look at your debt. Not all debt is the same. Maybe some of the debt you have is you're only paying 3% on. Now, does it make a ton of sense to save, to pay off that debt, paying 3% on it when maybe some of that money can be working for you over time at 6, 7, 8%? So you want to look at those things. You want to have a balance. That's where that comprehensive plan comes into place. And it's never too early to have one of those. Whether you're right out of college, well, then the plan's just easier to get done. It's going to cost you less or whatever planner you go to. Or whether you're, you know, 58 years old, you've got 500 different financial products in your portfolio. It's still going to help you optimize those. 
working with a financial services professional that'll help you guide you through the process while answering your questions and addressing your concerns. Yeah, I think that's always a good idea in my in my opinion. Um, but that was all really great. I, I hate to even interrupt you at this point to ask another question. I mean, you were doing so well on your own there. Uh, <laughs> we're, but seriously, I, I don't know how people do all this with retirement planning without working with somebody like yourself. I mean, investing can definitely be confusing, even a little t- intimidating, and you can really make some costly mistakes. So my, my question is, why go it alone? Uh, someone like yourself can really help make sense of it all, correct? It's true. And I'd rather, I, I, my personal opinion, I'd rather be working with people from the beginning than looking like a hero later on. Right. You know, yeah, it's, it's easy to make a lot of mistakes. And once people have done that, boy, we seem even better than we may be, right? Because all of a sudden, just simple things they could have been doing from the beginning that might have escaped them because this isn't knowledge we're born with. You have to be doing this if you very, very into it. If it's what you kind of want to make your life, well, then do it. And heck, maybe I even have a job for you. But if you want to do what you're doing and not have to make this the rest of your waking life, it's a really good idea to find a professional you can work with and you can trust. Yeah, you got to have a plan and you got to stick to it. Yeah, uh, that that's the thing, right? Yeah, well, you know, there was this... uh there's, there was a smart about money.org article just the other day. I think it might even shed a little bit more light about all these things we've been talking about. Uh, the article is called 10 basic steps. It lists ways to go about achieving your financial goals. One of them that really caught my eye was shopping smarter. And that one really hits home to me because no matter our current financial situation, we all have things we have to buy, whether it's milk, gas for the car, electric bills, insurance, uh, you know, internet, all these different things this is one of these things we always uncover pizza. when we're doing plans with people. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you need, that should be, that should be a piece of everybody's budget. Right. I, I do not deny that at all. Yeah. But you know, there's ways to take the financial sting out of shopping. How about avoiding impulse buying? That can be extremely beneficial. We've all gotten to the checkout line at the grocery store and then realize there's one or two or a half dozen, or in my case, a next, an extra cart, you know, that wasn't even on our list. Yeah. Those impulse buys add up in a hurry. So, you know, write out your shopping list, stick to it. It's all about those plans. The more that you have in place, the more likely you are to do better. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before, but I, my wife and I have done this challenge. Like, can you go to Target and get just three things that are on the list and nothing else, not one thing, not spend one more penny on anything else. It's harder than you think. Yeah, even yeah, when you sh- go, even when I go in with that intent, it's so hard. I've fallen into that trap so many times. And you know, you toss a few art- items into that cart; it's already full. But you're throwing in more. And you tell yourself, "Well, I got all this. Another couple bucks isn't going to matter." But uh, a couple of bucks leads to a couple of bucks, and you know, uh, it it compounds, and it's even easier to impulse buy when you're using plastic, isn't it? It absolutely is. Hey. There's another great one. You mentioned, you talk about plastic. How about another tip? Uh, Use cash. Write out your grocery list. Estimate you'll need maybe $100 for your groceries. Take that amount out of the ATM on the way to the store. You're certainly going to stick to your list because, you know, impulse shopping could lead to some big awkwardness at the register. Yeah, leave the 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 credit cards at home. Yeah. Yeah. Along with that, another way to make your cash go further when you're out shopping, focus on generic brands. 
Now, many grocery chains is a lot of stores. Target, like you said, you know, they have their own brand that's often indistinguishable in terms of quality for more expensive name brands, except for Oreos and Triscuits. Uh, those two things probably should never be replaced with an off brand item. It's but, true. Uh, <laughs> so true. At least that's my opinion. But, yeah. You know, they can sometimes be a pain in the neck. But comparing prices can also help you save a few bucks. You know, thanks to smartphones, you can double check prices in real time while you shop. Utilize coupons. Buy in bulk. Now, when you're buying in bulk, make sure it's for non-perishable items. Uh, it's it's great to have you know all the paper towels you may need, but you probably don't need sixty pounds of tomatoes. Uh, you know, unless you're going to make a lot of pasta sauce. You know, and if as long as you're not throwing away a bulk of perishable things, you might be shocked by how much you can save over time with just a little bit of effort. Well, yeah, and that's uh, another area that where probably I would assume crafting a written budget uh, would help you actually see what's really important. And doing the things you've been talking about, Matt, uh, might not seem like a big deal during one trip to the store, but if you track each trip over, say, a six-month period, uh, common sense would suggest you're probably saving hundreds of dollars. And my wife and I have actually done this, and we we've budgeted, and we realized how much you can save and how much we were wasting. And that's the kind of savings that makes things like that we kind of write off or shrug off, especially if if we're if somebody is wealthier, they might say comparison shopping. I don't need to worry about that or coupon clipping. But you know what? Those things add up. And I think you'll find the people who are wealthy uh, have done those things to get to that point in many cases anyway. Yeah. And you say wealthier, well, they would be even wealthier were they to continue to do those things. Right. Most people who I'm find talking themselves about people who position. don't work in radio. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I'm just saying, you know, it can be anybody. There's that millionaire next door you don't even know That's because true. of how smart they were yep. with their money or their whole lives. Then there's people who appear to be millionaires who have almost no net worth because they're so bad with their money. Yeah. And, you know, you just, you never know. Like some people who have, uh, uh, what looks like a ton of money have no credit, right? They, they're, they're maxed out on everything. Yeah. And so you want to make sure, you know, another, one of those components, uh, that is, uh, even just having a good credit score. So what are some realistic ways we can maintain a healthy credit score? Okay. Uh, one that makes sense, a lot of sense to me, limit yourself to two credit cards. You should be able to handle all your needs, including some emergencies with just two cards. You know, using more than two cards might make sense in the moment, but eventually all those credit card payments are going to give you a brutal dose of reality. Yeah. And along with that, how about a secured card that only uses whatever amount of money you put on it might be a good fit for some people. That way you don't spend what you don't have. Some of the credit cards have finally caught on and done some of the things that people have been asking them to do forever, like giving them warnings when they spend too much on things or, you know, creating a budget, then they'll get an alert if they're going over on something. If your credit card has those features, take advantage of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, healthy credit scores and, and some of the ways to go about it. And I think one such way might be to frequently monitor what we purchase, right? You've mentioned that to me before in the same way that you might monitor your bank accounts. Uh, you got to really pick through that credit card bill and make sure there aren't any forgotten charges on there uh, that could lead to shock reactions. I know I've I've been guilty of that. Um, uh, so what are some other ways our listeners can improve their chances of achieving their financial goals in 2020 and beyond? 
Okay, a couple that can really hit home here. Uh, first, save up for big ticket items like electronics or vacations rather than putting them on a credit card. Or, or if you need to make a significant purchase before you can save the entire amount of needed money, look into a bank or a credit union loan because they often have significantly lower interest rates than credit cards. Now, along those same lines, do your best to pay your credit card bills as soon as they come in to avoid late fees. That Those can add up so quickly if you aren't careful. And, and if you can, pay your credit card balance off each month or at least pay more than the minimum payment. If you, especially this. Once you get your budget down, you should be able to know that you can pay it off or not. And you should live on that card. Hey, here's a great way to start a budget. Pay it all on the credit card and you have a very detailed list of where you spend your money and how. Uh, if you just dig through your credit card bills, as long as it's not going to put you in massive debt, don't go beyond your means, but right. use your credit card solely instead of cash for a month, and you'll have an itemized list of what you spent for that entire month on that next statement. It's a great way to get that budget going. And I got to tell you, the other benefit there is you can get cards that have all sorts of benefits on them. Maybe you're getting miles or cash back. It can help defray some of those costs like that vacation, but so you don't have to save as much to get it. Yeah, and I really liked, I want to jump back to the point you just made a minute ago, looking into a bank or a credit union loan because the difference in interest rates between a credit union and your credit card is going to be huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, quite honestly, most credit card companies really should just be called Vinny, you know, because that's the kind of interest <laughs> like, they charge. It's like the mob, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it should, it's almost borderline. It's painful to think it's not illegal yeah. sometimes the amount of right. money that credit card companies are allowed to charge you in interest yeah i've seen it, one i i've seen uh, uh we had a credit card where you know after they they give you an initial low apr and then it jumps to 25 percent. how is that even legal it's like <laughs> i don't 25 percent. well and the worst thing is it would probably be better if they just broke your legs but instead they damage your credit and yep. they you know own you for the rest of your life yeah but, you know, I, I don't mean to make light of that, but honestly, it, it's a it's a bad loop to find yourself in. Right. With a little bit of research, you can find cards with low interest rates. And it's very important that they don't have annual fees whenever possible. Don't forget your bank or credit union may also offer credit cards that are more advantageous to your overall financial goals. And, you know, those the banks, credit unions, a much better place without those crazy fees. You may have to do a little bit more to qualify. But guess what? You're probably going to be in a better financial position if you meet their terms than the credit card who's willing to just take your interest all the time. Well, yeah. Now, yeah. And the credit card research, you know, be on alert for cars that, you know, have those, like you said, those low interest rates in the beginning. It's typical once that ends, you're going to be hit with that high rate. Now, my wife, early on in our relationship, when, you know, we were still working real hard out of college and getting together when we were just dating, she was phenomenal about finding that 0% card for six months. And then she would take that and swap it to the next one. She never carried any interest on her outstanding debt, but she was incredibly organized and incredibly disciplined. And if that's not you, make sure you find the card with the right, with the right thing. Well, yeah. And the biggest thing to remember when it comes to credit cards, as you've always said, is be careful. They aren't free money and the consequences can be very serious and difficult to overcome. Yeah. I actually had a talk about this with a young guy last night who's just in his first year of college. And of course, that's where a lot of credit card offers come in. So yep. uh, it, it really is. Be careful. It shouldn't really, it shouldn't be your first or second option unless you know you can afford to pay them off every month. 
It's good to have them when you need them, but don't lean too heavily on them. Don't create debt with them. You can use it for cash flow if you know what your budget is. Much, you know, much of what we discussed in this, it's nuts and bolts basics that most of us can understand, but it's what's required to make it all work. And what's required to do that is discipline. You know, stick to your budget, have your savings plan. Don't treat credit cards like found money. A few small sacrifices now can lead to real results and happiness for years to come. Right. And that's the key. Well, we're out of time for today's show. A great way to finalize that conversation. Uh, really a lot of uh, things we need to be thinking about in the year ahead as it, far as it relates to our finances, Matt. But do you have anything you want to add before we go? Yeah. If, the, if any of this seems overwhelming, if you've tried to sit down and start that budget process before and you just can't do it, reach out, find a financial services professional. It's what we do. If you don't want to work with me, find one you want to work with, but get have that person in your corner. The greatest sports people of all times always had a coach, right? So do yep. the same thing for your financial life. It's an easy way. To, it's an easy thing to do. You just call us 800-339-9252. Visit us online, compass-ltd.com. If you listen to this show, you know there's a complimentary, no obligation, uh, no no fee consultation. So you come in. Uh, there's, we're not going to make you do anything. We're going to talk about the steps you have to take. If you want to take them, you take them. If not, you at least get some information and go out there and get these things started on your own. Remember, it's just as important to make sure that you're living the life you want today so that you can manage to have that life you want to have in the future. All right. And that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.